Hi everyone, welcome back to Central American Voices. I'm your host, Alejandra Quiroz. Gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. Today we're talking with Alicia Echeverria, a Guatemalan Puerto Rican entrepreneur and creator of God in Me Design. She's currently a senior in Coste San Bernardino. Thank you and welcome, Alicia, to being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Alejandra. It's an honor for me to have you in this special episode. You know, it has been a long journey, a journey that took, you know, many ups and downs in learning. So I'm very glad to have you today and celebrating the first year of Central American Podcast. Yay, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here for the anniversary. And um, you've done so much for this podcast, even especially during this pandemic. So I commend you for all of that. So thank you again. Oh, thank you so much. Um, as I mentioned to everyone, um, Alicia is a Guatemalan Puerto Rican. So how was your experience growing up as a Guatemalan Puerto Rican? Okay, so um, growing up Puerto Rican and Guatemalan, the household was quite different, but very memorable. Uh, so my mom, she is a first generation Guatemalan and she was born over there and uh, she migrated. Uh, she immigrated from um from Guatemala at seven years old. And then my dad was actually born here. She was born in Pomona, California, but his parents were um, born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Um, so I would describe like my experience being like Americanized with Latinx intentions. Um, mm -hmm. My family dynamic was just the four of us. It was my mom, my dad, uh, my sister and I, um, but definitely had 30 plus cousins on like my dad's side and 40 mm -hmm. plus uh, second cousins on my mom's side. Um, But growing up, the people that I had in my life really close to me were my Guatemalan grandparents to learn from um, because my dad's uh, parents passed away before I was born. So I didn't get to really um, know them. Um, but mm -hmm. in the first few years of my life, I the first language that I spoke was Spanish because my grandparents um, taught me Spanish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, I feel like, uh, I mean, the connection and like, Guatemala and Puerto Rican is quite like not many. Um, mm -hmm. When you talk, when you compare, like say, compare cultures and tradition and like um, interactions, I feel like they're similar, but at the same time, not similar. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the in Latinx countries, there's like definitely some traditions, like you know, like Navidad, like our Nochebuena. Um, it's celebrated throughout different countries, and then also different sayings that we say, like. Um, mm -hmm. In Guatemala, we say chish, but they don't say that in like other countries or like in what uh, in Puerto Rico is like huepa, like you know, in celebration. Mm -hmm. So even those little things are so different. Um, in like such as like it, traditions, like knowing how to make Guatemalan tamales, they're so different from the Mexican tamales, and then um, eating like frijoles negros, you know, and mm -hmm. um, just knowing all of those little. Um, like things um that are different from each country it's definitely interesting but you know it's been exciting to even though my grandparents from my little puerto rican side of my family i didn't get to know them i still got to know them and their traditions through like my cousins and through my aunts and uncles um but yeah i honestly do appreciate it oh that's so nice and have you been like have you visited guatemala and puerto rico no, I haven't. Um, I want to go to Guatemala so bad because I have family over there that I'm really close to and they have um, houses over there. Um, mm -hmm. But Puerto Rico, I was planning to, um, as you said earlier, I am graduating from Cal State San Bernardino. So I'm mm -hmm. planning, I was planning to 
uh, go to Puerto Rico for uh, my graduation gift, but I I don't know if that's going to be something that's possible through the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully that's something that I'll go to or get to visit, experience um, soon. Yeah, I mean, even though like you haven't visited, I feel like um, the culture that you know our parents and like grandparents and they had the chance, you know, inside of of your watermelon inside. Of course, as you know, your cousins and your from your dad's side, um, I feel like you know you still get it like a sense of culture and tradition and how everything. Um, oh my god, I lost track. Okay, how you know our families and who migrated and maybe you know like your dad who already was born here in the states but has you know that connection to puerto rico and i feel like we see that in throughout many many cases now how you know the first generation or like second generation are the ones who are trying to be more connected to their cultural side mm-hmm. um because I see that, you know, with your work that you're always trying to shine the bright of all the culture, the Latinx and like those type of communities. And like, who would have thought that, you know, like, even though you haven't visited those places, you the connection that you have with them is quite strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, don't get me wrong. Like growing up, I I have to be honest with you, like I was very Americanized. Um, Like, you know, I spoke Spanish in that in the house so I'm like when I was born to four or five years old and then I got to school and I just started speaking English and it was just Mm -hmm. the way of life, you know, and I wanted to speak English at the house. And when my mom and dad wanted to speak Spanish with me, I was like, no, we're we're speaking English now, you know, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was something that I had to experience to really appreciate the the culture and the traditions that like my grandparents had instilled and that my mom still to this day wants to incorporate in my life and that I want to now incorporate into my life because it's showing homage to my grandparents moving from a place that they called home to a place that mm-hmm. they did had no idea they were going to do over here and and to have a better life for for my mom my for my mom and her siblings and then for you know future generations such as like me and my sister and then one day hopefully my children yeah definitely and have you felt like you know as you said you grew up like an americanized um you know but still being connected to you know where your parents are from um do you had a sense sometimes that you know you felt lost into like identity or do you had the time that you question yeah i i didn't growing up like um my complexion is very light so i would be uh, mistaken for um being white or being um like a caucasian so mm-hmm. my identity was very mixed it was i would speak spanish i would know how to say these words and i would speak english and and kids would be like, oh, well, you are not Guatemalan, you're not Puerto Rican if you look this way and you don't speak Spanish all the time. So that doesn't make any sense. So my identity was very compromised. It was very, I felt invalidated uh, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be more in tune with my culture and my heritage and the traditions that I've been having ever since I was born to somebody who's trying to invalidate me saying I can't be this way if I don't act a certain way I felt like I had to be this inside this box and if I were to put my hand outside the box I was no longer um Latino I was no longer a Guatemalan or Puerto Rican I just had to be one way or the other 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think you touch a very important um, point. I have talked with many guests here and we often I often share in social media how people think of, you know, Latinos, Guatemaltecos, Hondureños or like how people look, you know, that they have this base of like this stereotype of how people look from certain countries and you know we often say like okay you know like we not all look the same mm-hmm. we know how you know the 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 term you know latinidad sometimes um I, i'm not gonna say like sometimes but most of the time does erase you know our afro descendants mm-hmm. how exclude like indigenous and you know as someone who's light-skinned like you mentioned i as uh, you know, I have, of course, keep learning. And I, I know, like, we not all look the same, that we all different. And I think that we should uh, all be, you know, respectful and of someone. I had had those instances, like you said, like someone would question me why that I don't look Honduran, for example. And mm-hmm. even though, like, I in my head, like, and someone actually would question me what kind of percentage of Honduran I am. And I'm like, well, I, I remember one time I said like, oh, well, what kind of percentage you want me to tell if I was born over there? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I, you have to like show mm-hmm. like that you are, you have to pass the test. It's like, it's yes. going to be a test. It's, you have to believe me. Like, <laughs> you want to show my blood? <laughs> yeah. Because I am Guatemalan and I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah. You are Honduran and it shouldn't be a question. It should be, I'm proud. You're proud to be Honduran and I'm proud to be a Latino and especially in, in mixed races. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely strong and prideful to be a part of, to represent those countries. I might not be, um, you know, the the biggest um, advocate for like everything. I don't have like the Guatemalan flag on my back or, you know, the Puerto Rican flag on on my shoulders, but I still represent those countries in a, in a certain way, even to a degree. Definitely. Sure. You know what? And then, I mean, we can talk about mestizaje when it comes to our countries. We can talk about the colonization and why we all come in different shades and we, you know, it's just who we are. It's at the same time because they're, I feel like is a questioning and like the uh, also the lack of exposure for a culture and how and it, it, it goes many ways, you know, media representation, how others see how like the general idea of what a Guatemalan person look compared to a Mexican, compared to a Puerto Rican, compared to like, you know, like they uh, society has made this standards where we should like break them because we are a culture who's like so rich and we are Mm -hmm. not all the same Mm -hmm. yeah we're all we're all mixed I I feel like in a way even um people who are maybe pure of one race or a culture there Mm -hmm. is like there they not it might not be in their race but it may be into exposure it's like okay well Mm -hmm. I may be born in um, the United States, but I have so much exposure to Guatemalan culture. And then mm-hmm. you, uh, if you were born in, in, um, in Honduras or like if you were born here, it's you have the exposure of of influences from different races, different cultures, different ethnicities, and that makes you who mm-hmm. you are. So it's it's not like a cookie yeah. cutter, like okay, this is what a Guatemalan is, this is what a Salvadorian yeah. is. It's it's like it makes you who you are. And mm-hmm. even with if 
even between like my sister, it's uh, like we grew up in the same household. We grew up um, with the same traditions. Um, now we live in two different places. So our experiences have differed and what she's gone through, I haven't gone through or what I've gone through, she may have not gone through. So it just makes us all different. And I think that's beautiful. I think that is mm-hmm. beautiful to know that, um, especially in the United States, we are a very diverse country. We may be the minority, but I, in my head, I feel like we're the majority. Um, yeah, how we created, how we um, evolved in this country, and made it what made it the way it is now. Yeah, and then how, how you say I often describe identity as okay. Identity is not only from where your parents are from or where you're from, but also where you grew up, because identity is formed from you know the people you grew up with, mm-hmm. the food. This, you know, community where you went to school, it, it all has like little cositas que se van uniendo. Mm-hmm. And especially like when we go, let's say in your case that you're Guatemalan, Puerto Rican, you have a different type of identity than someone who only have been exposed to Puerto Rican and other, that only has been exposed to Guatemalan. And because of, you know, the current diaspora that it has been for like years now, now we see this, you know, I would say like more mixed than we were <laughs> already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we base the, if you, if we base them in nationality, you know, like um, now you're seeing it like in your state, in, in, in your case, Guatemalan, Puerto Rican. Um, my boyfriend is Mexican, Salvadoran. Then, like, you're going to have a Cuban, like, Nicaraguan, for example, mm-hmm. or, like, Costa Rican, Salvadoran. Like, you know, like, there's all this mix, or, like, you know, like, an American, Nigerian, or, like, the list goes on and on. And on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so beautiful because um, you, you not only are part of one community, of course, uh, we can center everything, like, in the community of, like, Central America and like the larger community, which is like the Latinx community. Um, but at the same time, we all have little pedacitos that everywhere mm-hmm. who makes you who are. And I think that's the beauty. And I know that's what your work showcase. And um, this is what I'm so excited to talk because um, you are the founder of God in Me Designs. And is it beautiful beautiful art that you do and other things you know that have been you have been able to help others and the creation and like la loteria and like mm-hmm. trees. um but how does the idea of getting me started um so in 2016 it all started in 2016 um i decided to write scriptures on little wooden boards that my dad brought from work and um when i was younger i would always like get items and start doodling on them like in my notebook or even like cardboard boxes um, I would just have like an idea and I would start drawing. And uh, my mom would tell like the Ramanas at church, like, um, you know, oh, me, like she does these things. Like you should, um, you should like get something from her. She makes it so, she makes it so pretty. Um, so then from there, um, one of the sisters at church, she's like, oh, well, you should come to one of our events and like sell your items, like sell your little scriptures. And um, that's where it all started. Um, so I started selling them. And then when thinking of the name, I thought of like my initials or like my name, like Alicia Chavaria Designs or um, AME Creations. Um, but I had to tune into like my main focus. Like my main focus is where like my talents have derived from and that's God. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got, it's my God-given talents that allowed me to create those designs. So 
what better way to incorporate that through my name? So God and Me Designs. Mm-hmm. And that's how the name came up to be. So. Oh, that's so, like, that's so cute. And like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like the idea, the connection, everything, that's so cute. Um, And, you know, I mean, I feel like everybody has their talent and how beautiful that you're share your talent but to showcase you know your culture and like other communities in the latinx community mm-hmm. and things that i i know uh listeners out there and if you don't know like i'm like gonna be like shame on you like where like right um you're the creator behind the watermelon loteria and for me like that like when i saw it it, it, it you actually made me think because i every like I'm, I'm not gonna put like everybody but myself i i grew up playing loteria cuando se iba la luz en tegucigalpa because you know mm-hmm. like honduras siempre se va la luz um <laughs> so, like we will put like una candela and we will play like lo, loteria con los frijoles right oh, so that's yeah. how i like I grew up playing um loteria but it was always like el, la you know the general one like oh, the, the yeah yeah the chalupa, like, el, no sé, el borracho, el, el, el and the disco. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And there was, like, I remember, like, when I was little, I, I mean, I have never said the word that way. For example, la chalupa, like, that's, that's something that I have never, like, you know, yo, yo creo que le diría la lancha o something like that. Mm-hmm. And it never occurred to me, like, oh, you know why the names are different. Like, I just thought there was, like, a normal game. Mm-hmm. sorry and that that was the name and you just played the name uh and when i saw your lottery i'm like i was like i i'm like how can i have one? i was like uh that's so unique to think of a game that if not everyone plays but most of the people know about you know how you play it or heard of and the name before yeah yeah, or like, you know, como, como, uh, como se llama? And nosotros lo jugamos like, you know, they, you need to read the name super, super fast. And if you miss the oh, name. Oh, yeah. It's like, like you have to be rapid. You have to be fast. Or if you yeah. miss it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're like, ya pasó la campana. Oh, my gosh. Oh. When did you say la corazón? Like, when? Like- <laughs> yeah. Yes, and you're like looking, everybody's like, do you have them too? Um <laughs> <laughs> but you know like when i started looking at the at the warner well and when i was like wow like you know this is a very cute way because i mean let's let's i'm not saying just the fact of the game but the representation that it has you know because one thing is just like oh you know just just a game and you feel like then put the thought behind it of mm-hmm. putting specific items that are represented that let's uh, in this case, the watermelon loteria. You know, like there's there's some things that I saw in, in la loteria that I have never heard or seen before, and that's how I would say exposure. You know, like it's it's a game that makes you be exposed to this cute and rich culture, which is Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So, 
how was the thought behind it and how you started like okay let me do this or this mm-hmm. like the research or how, how how everything came up um so yeah definitely in my in my business um i like to my overall like motto is basically you know using my god-given talents to showcase my cultura bringing awareness to latinx countries and hopes of bringing representation to the underrepresented groups um through the art you know scholarships and sharing traditions so when I first thought of it, um, I, just like you said earlier, many um, Latino Latinx families um, know the gay loteria and play it during like holidays, celebrations, or even for a night, like, you know, go on, go on like your frijoles and you're getting ready and it's your competition for the night, um, your excitement for the night. So I had already started making stickers, um, the cheese stickers. Um, so the cheese is an expression or a slang term that we use in Guatemala to describe something that is like dick gross or disgusting or like you know my grandma used to um we used to be outside and in the mud and she used to be like i cheesh like go wash your hands uh you're you're dirty mm-hmm. <laughs> come inside so i started from there i started with the those cheese stickers and i wanted to incorporate something that showed more representation and give a population a chance to be seen so um i went to work and i started i decided the loteria was something that brought my family together and i wanted to um for my family or the, you know, the Guatemalans to be seen through something that's their own. Um, and like you said earlier, the, the cards are like, oh, la, la chalupa, like, I don't use that term or, um, for like, like a, a certain, um, item in the loteria. Like, I was like, oh, that's not what I call that. Or this is something that's called in Guatemala different. So that's where it started. I was like, okay, well, if in Mexico or in different Latinx countries, they it's named after this, then why not make incorporate uh, the Guatemalan heritage and to show how diverse certain names or certain items are. So this is definitely like paying homage to the Guatemalan culture. Um, so like in Guatemala, like the tostada with like um, like with things on it, like frijoles, um, lechuga. And um, huevos, like it's in Guatemala, mm-hmm. it's called it enchilada. And in Mexico, enchilada is like kind of like, you know, something that's wrapped. And in Guatemala, mm-hmm. it's so, so different. So that's where I started. I wanted to showcase that, like, the national bird is quetzal and that uh, la muñeca, like, la muñeca quita pena. It's um, even mm-hmm. people who are from Guatemala don't know um, the meaning behind that. So even little things that you may identify as Guatemalan, but you may not know these certain things about um, your own country or your own culture. And even through making the Guatemala I learned a lot because then I got to talk to my grandparents and say, like, how would you say this in in um, in like if you don't want Guatemala, how would you say this? Or they're like, oh well, in um, in in Mexico or in different um, countries, like um, popcorn is um, palomitas. And mm-hmm. in Guatemala, uh, in we in Guatemala, we say um, so that's something so mm-hmm. different. It's so I wanted to do that through like the little thing. Mm-hmm. super like, wait, that looks like popcorn. Well, it is popcorn. It's just called something different. So yeah. yeah. That's so cool. You know, like I'm actually in a, like right now that you were talking, I was like, okay, let me find like the, the loteria. <laughs> that was like, because I was like, I you have not only the thought of the name of how you know representing guatemala mm-hmm. uh, but the actual art because it's, it's like you have la mama and it's like una mama con el baby atrás mm-hmm. you know and um i don't know what's the name 
de lo que se pone atrás. <ríe> como cuarguen su baby con una cosa atrás. No me, no me sé el nombre. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't think of it right now, but um, like a, I don't know. Like no a, quiero decir un trapo because no es un trapo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's something that women in Guatemala se ponen con mm -hmm. el baby atrás y se lo amarran como que al frente. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if you see a woman, you know, like, that's a mom because the, the she's carrying her baby. Mm -hmm. um, you have Jade. El jade, um, mm -hmm. and then el quetzal, and you know, el nance, el atole, and then I, I, I saw this word. Oh, yeah, and I, then like uh, el pipián, like people, um, pipián, like the chicken pipián, it's uh, the national dish in Guatemala. So even like mm -hmm. words like that, I wanted to show, like, okay, this is what Guatemala has to offer, like la espumía, like people don't know. Mm -hmm that it's Guatemala or people that Guatemalan eat that. So, yeah, like my mom, she's like, that's my favorite thing to eat. Put that, put that, put oh, that. I'm like, so okay, good. I'll put it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Like for me, it's so good. Mm -hmm. And then you, uh, you have el, el peltre. Oh, el peltre, pel yeah. Yeah, I, I, para mí yo hubiera dicho un vaso, but like, you know, like that's, <laughs> how would you feel like, ese es el vaso. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like una and taza, then, like. Uh, Aha, uh -huh. and then la monja blanca. If I see, like, you know, I'm, it's just like, I just want to showcase how unique this loteria is because mm -hmm. the name is la monja blanca and it's a flower. Mm -hmm. If you, if like, you ask me, like, oh, que es eso? Yo hubiera dicho, pues es una orquídea. Mm -hmm. But the, what is the meaning behind la monja blanca? Because I have never heard of that. So la monja blanca is the national flower of Guatemala. Um, oh. And it's in English, it's the white nun. Um, so I know it's so unique, um, but especially that type of flower, like it's not just an orchid, it's uh, it's like the type, you know, the la monja. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was little, my grandma told me that was a national flower and she used to have like little brooches, like um, um, like little pins um, with la monja, monja blanca. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's a national flower. So I would see it all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that's the national flower. I would see it. And even if it wasn't incorporated to Guatemala, even in school, I would see la monja blanca. So in my mind, that literally was just la monja blanca. And, um, and that's exactly why I wanted to put it into the, in the Guatemala Loteria because it's something that it's, It, I, to me, there's no other name to it. <laughs> that's what it is to me. And when I hear it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's what it represents. That's what embodies Guatemala, you know? So yeah. I added it to what, the, the Loteria. Yeah, yeah, and you know, um, you also have like things that, I mean, it represents Guatemala. That's so beautiful. Like el cacao, el machete, el maíz, la activista. Like mm -hmm. activista es recuerda Menchu. That's so cute. Yeah. El arte. <laughs> And then you have tikal, la papaya. So like, I'm just like, I want listeners to know that this loteria is not only like poner cosas juntas in Pam. Like you mm -hmm. actually took the time, research and put the art like oh, together. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's like an exposure to those who like through a game can learn more mm -hmm. because Oh, la lotería que yo conocía is completely different at, at this one. Oh, you know, yeah. like this, like, yeah, like at least I know, or like palabras que no sé. 
mm-hmm. I would like have like okay an idea of it. But in the other, like it would, like I'm not saying that that is completely wrong. It's just that there were words that I would have never in my life used. Yeah, just when I'm in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Just like um, for for like Antigua, like Antigua, that's mm-hmm. that arch right there is what people are reminded of Guatemala. So I wanted to like incorporate that and like um, la catedral, like catedral. Um, I wanted mm-hmm. to incorporate like stuff that is is main mainly something that you can recognize of Guatemala, but also things that you may not be familiar with. Like um it cacao, I put it cacao because um what chocolate came or was derived from Guatemala. So people mm-hmm. may not know that. So I wanted um to incorporate like that or like El País, like people don't know what Guatemala looks like. Some people think that Guatemala is a part of Mexico and that's not, you know, the that's not the case. So it has its mm-hmm. own cultura, has its own diverse like, items. Like um, like when I spoke to my grandma about different things, like she's like, oh, you should ask, you should add this because of this or you should add this because of this. Like el chuchito, like I don't think a lot of people know what that is. And mm-hmm. it's special to, to that country. And um, especially with like, La, la, tele, la tela típica is something mm-hmm. that is beautiful to Guatemala and um, it's like its own fabric. It's its own like design, its own um, pattern. So an, another thing I did incorporate was um, the the um, fabric weaver. It's la, la tejedora. So it's like from beginning to end. It's like her creating that special pattern and design for the tela and then to showcase la tela típica so all those designs are incorporated in guatemala just like um when in in different countries like they have a a nickname for themselves so like in puerto rico it's puricua and then in guatemala it's chapin chapina so i also incorporated like la chapina and chapin because that's something that's like a household name too so i wanted to show that and showcase that that's what Guatemala is. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's just beautiful or like the entire thing all around. And this, I mean, this Loteria, and I know you do like, graduación, uh, and you have stickers and like, it's, it's like everything is so beautiful with art. And I wanted to, you know, say like, you do donate, um, a percentage of stickers and a percentage of your art, like of the proceed, like for, I think it was like, uh, I don't know the percentage, like on top of my head, but from the Loteria to undocumented um, scholarship or like to DACA applications. Mm-hmm. So as someone who's uh, undocumented, like I really, really, really like appreciate you <laughs> uh, because the, amount of people who provide help to undocumented students out there is not much and as you know i i don't i i mean i don't think that i have to go through the list why undocumented people don't get much uh, help i would say like here in california at least we have the chance to apply to the california dream act to get for you know scholarship and like tuition and all the stuff but it's still i mean you go to college it's not enough you go you you come across paying for books you know travel transportation etc 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 um 
So, I mean, I'm not going to be like right here, like, oh, what made you start <laughs> uh, uh, using um, your art not only to showcase your community and showcase the beauty in Guatemala and other Latinx communities, but at the same time, making it as like a bridge to be able to give back to those who might not have the resources in this case to go to school because um i don't know like we 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 can, i mean i can talk years years about like undocumented going to school and everything um and how important it is to actually support and motivate those in high school, especially that don't know that you can actually go to college when you, even though you're undocumented. So uh, what really um, opened up my eyes to wanting to help the undocumented um, community through my art was um, just me by myself, like my own, like I'm a first generation college student. I am not undocumented, but I, even not being undocumented, it hasn't been the easiest. And I would say that something that did help me pay for school was scholarships. Um, what's always been on my mind is thinking of how blessed I'm able to go to college and thinking of like my grandmother's story. Like my grandma, when she uh, lived in Guatemala, she only went up to grade two in Guatemala. And she always tell me how great she was. Um, she loved to learn and she loved to go to school. And it was something that wasn't a chore. It was something like she she loved to um, attend. She loved to do that, but she only did that until you know, the second grade. And all the time she would encourage me to like achieve anything that um, I do and anything that's available to me. And if it wasn't, try. So mm-hmm. she she pretty much like encouraged me and then also my mom because she um, she didn't go to school for the longest time. And then when I started school with my sister, um, me and my sister are in the same grade. So when we graduated, my mom's like, I'm going to go back to school. Like I want to get everything that I am blessed and have the opportunity to in the United States. So that's when she started going to school too. Um, So even through that, I can only imagine the struggles that many have to endure because they are undocumented. Many similar stories, not having the opportunity, you know, I wanted to be able to give a chance to allow myself to use my voice and my power uh, through my art to empower those with a scholarship. So how it started was um, I started with a sticker. Um, it's called the Here to Stay sticker. And it's, it's just here to stay. And it has um, the monarch butterfly. And I know that um, the monarch butterfly is a symbol of strength and freedom in this in the United States. Um, and I wanted to incorporate that in my sticker. So with every purchase of my sticker, um, $1 goes towards the scholarship. So the Here to Stay scholarship, I'm trying to do that annually. Um, and this year we did actually raise, um, with the sticker purchases, $145. And, um, I did round that up to $150. And, um, uh, because we are doing two scholarships, a wonderful, um, contributor, donator actually rounded that up to $300. So I am on two scholarships, one for high school students and one for college students, um, that are undocumented to be able to go to college. So, there's going to be two scholarships, $150 each, and that's going to be able to um, pay for college. So that's something that I wanted to incorporate um, in my business because I wasn't here. I, I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my grandparents that 
left their own country. You know, I, the thing that always stays in my mind is to never lose sight on who you are and never take granted for the people who traveled the journey for you to get to where you are today. So through that, um, with the Loteria, 10% um, off of the, from the purchases, we're going towards the scholarship also. So that's why it was, it came out to be $300. And I'm so glad to offer that. And that's going to be starting March 2nd. I'm opening up the applications for anybody to um, apply. So that's something I'm really excited about. Yay. Yes. And I mean, um, like I said, it's just amazing. Uh, Especially like you mentioned that you uh, include high school um, student as well. It is something that I wanted, of course, to touch on because um, as mentioned, you know, like I I wasn't, I mean, I'm still, (laughs) I'm undocumented, but I was an undocumented student um, for undocumented people. And this is something like, you know, I'm I'm talking from my personal experience out there, but of course, trying to listeners to kind of like give it like an understanding of how the process is. You often come like as an undocumented, you know, in my, in my case, I'm like, you know, coming from personal, um, I was, I was applying to college with only had three years living in the United States and, you know, with, I'm, I'm not going to say perfect English, English and, you know, still learning <laughs> and all the stuff, but the resources are not quite accessible. And what I meant about this is that you actually have to look for them. You know, I um I can count with one hand how many of my ESL class actually went to college. And because not because not we not because it, you didn't not want because to. I'm sorry? And not because you didn't want to. Yeah, no, not because like oh los demás no quisieron. And not because like I was uh, you know, like I was I, I had access to it. No, it's because um it was like you actually had to put the time. And when we you think, you know, I was like privileged enough that, you know, I didn't have to work, but that was not the case to my classmates. You know, there's some who are working in high school and some others, you know, um, you know, they, they have to support their moms, you know, like we're immigrants family. So um, there are others that, you know, tienen otras cosas que hacer, take care of their family. Uh, so I was privileged enough to like, you know, like I didn't have that extra thing that I needed to do that I was actually able to stay, um, they said like an extra hour in school, for example, to fill out an application. And another, um, another issue is the fear, um, being mentored comes with a lot of fear is, is a fear that you don't know if uh, like applying for a scholarship it will actually make you um be you know detained by ice for example uh it, so many times like you know like in my case and i'm 100 for Im- uh, like immigrants out there on the computer who are like they're the first one to apply to college how do you explain your mom that you need your taxes you know like they're going to be like why do you need that um so this is like you know, these are obstacles that you come across and like, oh, you know, then you come to across like you not only have to apply, uh, you can apply to FAFSA, you have to apply to a different one. And then when you arrive to college and this is like, um, I'm just trying to share like how like detail is that way, like people have a more better understanding of the situation on the community student mm-hmm. actually uh, going to college, uh, the first year that you get 
of of college like you know how like in fafsa you you apply and then it, it gives you like a grant right so yeah. like you have like state grants and like federal grants so for in documentary like you only apply to in this case in california you only have like two call grants so you apply to either the a or the b right so mm-hmm. uh but the first year, because, you know, I mean, you kind of have to prove. And this is something that um, others will tell you, like uh, undocumented people have to prove that we're capable. We have to prove that we want this. And it is it's tiring. It's tiring because the first year, like they'll tell you, oh, you got accepted to so-and-so university after applying to so many. And not every university was going to want you, of course. Um not because you're not you're not capable, right? But mm-hmm. you know, some that's just what happened. Um, and then they're going to tell you, okay, just we're just going to give you a thousand dollars, and you know, a thousand dollars a year for a full tuition is not going to help you, mm-hmm. you know. And I, in my case, like you know, I was so blessed that I have the um, Boys and Girls Club uh, a scholarship, and then I got a season with that's where I went to school that I covered my whole full year. But scholarships are very helpful when you're undocumented, and I cannot like tell you enough because it, a book is going to cost you two hundred dollars, you know, and like where are you gonna go? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? I know that the scholarship's not gonna cover all of tuition, but. I think of it in this way. It's like where I can help, I will, you know, like, like you're saying this whole, that your whole story of how the struggles of um, trying to even just from the beginning apply. It's like, if you can pass, if you can make it to apply to get all your, the documents in place and get accepted. um, Mm -hmm. And then you have to go through another obstacle of having to pay for it. It's, this is my way of, helping uh, or giving mm-hmm. the opportunity to to be in support of you getting your education just as everybody deserves an education and especially yeah. if you want to uh if you put in those plans and that time to want to do this then financially shouldn't be a, a financial aspect shouldn't be another obstacle yeah and you know even though you said like oh your scholarship is not like you know this huge money as other can give like a five thousand or something mm-hmm. it helps believe me it helps sometimes you only get like i don't know if, um if uh if i may remember when i was in school i'll get after you know that whole year that i honestly had to prove myself and had to get like you know the specific gpa for me to get my other year cover up um i was only left with only two hundred dollars and that was for me to get you know $200 to cover my books type of thing. So it's like, if I, a recipient of your scholarship, now that makes you, you know, what, $500. Now I can cover my entire books for, for a whole semester or quarter, that type of like a, a school system. So it's a very important. And of course, I appreciate it so much for everyone and, you know, to undocumented students out there and how important it is to also include high school students because not only because, I, like I'm telling you, like the resources you actually have to look at, you have to get out of your way. But if someone, I know if if someone could have gone to my ESL class when I was in high school and they could have said like, oh, you can get, um, I'm 100% more people who had applied. Oh, because yeah. of the limit, because of how scared uh, we are, and 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I was scared like many times. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just, I just shoot my shot. You know, I was like, you know, like I, it's honestly, uh, yeah, I don't know where this is gonna take me, but hopefully, it takes me somewhere. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I applied to twenty schools, and only season accepted me, mm -hmm. and that's where I went. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, and I was there. I, I, I accepted it without knowing where how I was gonna pay. Uh, but my mom usually told me, you know, ya arriba del macho hay que arriarlo. That's mm -hmm. exactly why she And is for everyone out there, like if you're undocumented, you're trying to go to other schools, you know, um, to, you know, acquire like higher education, go for it. Don't let the system stop you because it's, it's the system is built to us to fear. But we, I mean, we cannot just live in fear. You know what I mean? We cannot just limit ourselves to our fears. And if, you know, you're out there and you're going to school, especially right now, even though like people are going to be like, oh, well, what do you need a scholarship? If you're like having classes through like a, um, a computer, I mean, you still have to pay intuition, mm -hmm. even though it's all like, that's unfair, but you still have to pay tuition and probably you know so siento 300 dollars like it's going to be a relief for you to i don't know have pay internet or something like that so if you're you know about you said when does your application opens um march 2nd march 2nd oh that's yeah. where remember march 2nd it opens for her but it closed for drew mac yeah that's <laughs> exactly why i wanted to do it because i wanted to do you know what this this is ending the application the early application for um the the california dream act and for fafsa it's ending but my, you still have a chance through me you know through my scholarship yeah so yeah don't, don't forget that date <laughs> yeah definitely and you know um I, I i don't know if i have mentioned to you but um This is something that I within the podcast I want to include too scholarship. Of course, like at this moment I don't have the means, but mm -hmm. this is something that I I'm really working towards just because I feel myself and like you said, you know, to el 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 cómo se llama el estrés y el esa tranquilidad que me dio a mí cuando yo tenía like. I was able to acquire becas and I, I was like, oh my God, I was able to pay, you know, like in my case, I had to rent over there close to yeah. where I went to school. So like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah like financial aspect shouldn't be a obstacle when yes. you're already going through so many others. Exactly. So, and one of the things that I always mention that education is so important mm -hmm. and, it, it, and education shouldn't be in privilege. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't. No, it shouldn't be that way. Like we all, like we all should have. Education should be a right, not an opportunity. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. So and just because you don't have a piece of paper, does that that doesn't mean that it's limited for you to just finish high school? That's it, you know. Maybe that's why someone decided, and that's another path that you want to take. Go for it. But if you want to go and acquire, like go for higher education, that shouldn't stop you. So um, thank you, you know, Alicia, for everything. Um, it, it, your support to the community students is uh, truly, truly, believe me. Y si alguien no te ha dicho gracias, te lo digo yo. Gracias porque um, we, I know how it feels. I know how it feels. And I mean, I'm not, I cannot speak on behalf of others, but uh, um, nunca, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to be a recipient of your scholarship, but I know those who are, are going to be forever grateful um, that you were able to help them and you are part of their journey. 
Of course, yeah, definitely. Like you said earlier, you know, the education system wasn't meant for black and brown, like, you know, people like us. But, you know, with with my scholarship, I hope that it it will be a means of encouragement for, for future generations and, and for you to continue on and be who you want to be and be where you want to be. Definitely. Um, you know, once again, Alicia, um, thank you. It was an honor to talk to you today. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you, of course. And um, I mean, to celebrate with me today. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm so excited uh, to the next chapter. There's so many projects that I have been, you know, working behind. Um, so many plans. One of those plans, like I, I just mentioned, I should have like, you know, I don't know if I should have said it, but okay. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> Uh, is like the scholarship program and how everything uh, because um, this is like you said you you work uh, with your talent that God had gave you to showcase your culture to help others and in my case I just want to be able to give back to the community who have gave so much to me mm -hmm. exactly so thank you so much for, like honestly your podcast has been great i've seen so much of my identity through the podcast that you have um, with different people different subject topics um it's really made me feel at home so i just want to say congratulations for a whole year and to many many more and to whatever endeavors that you may um want to uh seek like if it were to be a scholarship um and then have other ever other avenues of uh projects then i wish the best to you well gracias mi gente thank you so much for the support and just remember that um in some eyes you may not be seen but through others you are and never let the the fear of doing something stop you from what you really want to accomplish don't forget to check our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list also, follow us on Instagram at Sentime Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Sentime Voices Pod. You can also like and follow our Facebook page where you can join the Central American Voices Facebook group. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, you can donate through our website or become a patron. I really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to come back for our next episode.